Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. Uh, I'm your host John Fuller and this time we're going to chat about cricket club insurance. That's quite hard to say. Um, and my guest is Colin Miko from Aston Lark, who are our insurance partner for this year. So we're going to offer some advice and tips for clubs who might be listening to the podcast. Uh, and there's also a really exciting news about a, a prize draw you can enter too. So uh, first of all, welcome to Colin. Nice to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you, John, for the opportunity to talk to you and your audience. No problem at all. Um, so, yes, let's um, give you a, a bit of a flavour around Aston Lark and Colin's background. So, uh, cricket coach, um, batsman, uh, Colin, help me out here. So, how many thousands of runs have you scored? Um, in total, across <laughs> my career? <laughs> More than me would be the answer. Oh, well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, your background is obviously in club cricket, both as a player uh, and then uh, involved. We've been, we were chatting earlier um, around how you got involved, which just strikes a chord with me personally and loads of people now involved in club cricket. You know, you, you meet someone, you may be uh, having a chat over a bar, you volunteer. And suddenly, ten years later, or or many more, uh, yeah, you're involved with running a club. Does that sound familiar? Yes, I mean I've been development officer at Caterham now since I don't know, it's probably twelve years, something like that. Okay. Um, and and that was after quite a long career, at least at least thirty seasons playing Surrey Championship cricket. Okay. And. Um, and being the chairman of my former club, and after that, I was thinking, well, perhaps it's time to hang up the boots, spend some more time with the family, and then, unfortunately, over a few beers with my local club, I found myself being drafted back in, being <laughs> part of their youth policy at sort of fifty-two, I think it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, as a, as a sort of yeah, give me a call on a Thursday night, and I'll I'll be there player to be named later and then suddenly I'm playing every weekend and then I'm on the committee as development officer having turned down the chairman role yeah. um, and I've been there ever since and uh, there's no sign yet that anybody's going to come rushing up to me, shake me by the hand and go, I'll take over from you. Yeah, it's well, funny. It's funny that never happens at AGMs. You know, I've done a fair few. I've helped with clubs and done various roles and Getting into a cricket club is pretty easy as soon as you show any interest. And then, you know, perhaps trying to negotiate your way out of a role can be a bit tricky, particularly at AGM time when, you know, anyone else wants to do this role and sort of tumbleweed goes across the room. Um. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm having sort of taken on the role as development officer and having played a major part in the club's development in the last 10, 12 years, um, people seem reluctant to step forward because they see it as being, I don't know, perhaps onerous or difficult. It's not really, but you do have to build relationships with the people who can help benefit the club, like the people at your your local, or in my case, the Surrey Cricket Foundation. Yeah. Um, But unfortunately, what's also happened 
is in that journey, I've then acquired the title of club welfare officer, a safeguard lead, and um, obviously head coach. So, <laughs> which, which I suppose that are just extensions of what I was already doing. But you know, suddenly people look at it and go, well, well, "Well, you know, you've got four roles. We don't want to do those." Yeah. So look, can, can you please take on one, just one, anyone? <laughs> go, go and spend three hours doing a safeguarding course, and you can be the club welfare officer. You know, just, yeah. just take that one off me. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, just just be an addition. Um, so I think my. One of my um, resolutions for this year is to try and divest myself of at least two of my current roles <laughs> in the club. That'll be, striking, yeah, that'll be striking chords with people who listen to this. Um, I, I, know, well, I, I know in any, in any club, Pareto's law says that you know, in any group of people, 20% are the ones that are doing the work for the other 80%. Yeah. And the more people you can get involved actively doing things, the more successful the club is, because obviously more things can be done. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we, we were left as a club in a, in a difficult position in 2013, because 2012 was really wet, people found other things to do, and we had trouble filling um, out the, the, the numbers in our, our sides. Okay. Um, and, we, and we had to move from a, a, an all-powerful chairman role to a you know, a proper management committee of five to run the club, and um, we made more progress, I think, in six months on that basis than we probably made in, last, in previous twenty years, because there were more the burden was spread, and we then were able to co-opt people on specific projects. Yeah, and, and all those action points that we wrote down at our first meeting, and from memory, there was nearly a hundred of them. Um, <laughs> They got done within eighteen months, all of them. Wow! And uh, wow. that's that's where we are still here, and we have progressed to the point now where um, we've got I don't know somewhere around seventy juniors, yeah, um, three three junior teams in the league. Um, we've got two senior Saturday teams. We've got two Sunday teams. One of which are the sort of older juniors being brought into senior cricket. Um, availability hasn't been an issue now for two seasons. Um, wow, that's we great. We even threatened the third eleven. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. The yeah, so it's, it, all of the work that's put in by the people on the management committee has, has really now started to pay off. Yeah. And, it, and it just shows that the more people you can engage and empower to do things, projects, um, the, the quicker you can get everything done. Yeah, yeah, and no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I do a lot with Cricket Yorkshire around kind of interviewing clubs, frankly, on how they operate and uh, and, and just have a slight sense of awe uh, at how people, um, how much time people give up and what they manage to do and accomplish beyond family commitments, job and everything else um, that life throws at you. So... Um, that yeah, thanks for that. That's sort of framed your cricket background, and I suppose we ought to turn our attention to cricket insurance. Um, yeah. So you work for Aston Lark. You handle cricket club insurance for them. Um, this time of year, uh, I'm recording this in January, so um, things like nets are starting to happen and planning ahead. Um, you've said before to me that. 
it's a weird time in terms of the insurance um, element for clubs because it's a real pinch point, isn't there, when you get to March? So maybe give a flavour around when clubs start to think about cricket insurance and we can chat around that. So um, the, the vast majority of clubs, and it could be as many as sort of two-thirds, renew on the 1st of March. That's amazing. That is, I know, yeah, I know, but it, it makes sense from, from a timing point of view because, you know, March is when clubs start to wake up again. You've got, obviously, the um, uh, uh, all the preparation that goes into the ground. Yeah. You've got, you've got the, the, the um, what they call it, Club Falls Day. Oh, yes, day, yeah. Which normally falls towards the end of March, giving the clubs you know, an excuse to get everybody together to paint the fences and put the side screens up and put the tarpaulins back on the, the pitch covers and things. Yeah. Um, so it, it does make sense, but it does mean that it's a real pinch point because from a renewal point of view and also a new business point of view, but the first of the first quarter determines our year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, and if, if we continue our rate of growth, then, you know, I, I could well be putting up 300 new quotes or more in a, a period of about six weeks. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I bet that, that keeps you busy. Well, it, it does, and, and then we'll, we'll talk about this a bit later, but then that, that leads on to the quote and buy system. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. But the clubs start about this time of year. Um, you know, Obviously, as soon as Christmas and New Year is over, then suddenly... There's normally a, a committee meeting and they're starting to talk about season plans and then insurance becomes um, something that, that is on the radar. Um, you know, clubs will give, them, give themselves anywhere between four and six weeks to try and sort it out, make sure that they've got everything they need. Um, in an ideal world, you know, a, a review about six weeks before and then a conversation with whichever insurers they want to work with will then ensure that by 1st of March or whenever their renewal date is, they'll actually, they should have everything they need covered under their policy um, on the right rebuilding or reinstatement cost basis. So <clears throat> that, that's what happens. We, yeah. having, having come back to the office for the first time this week, we've seen um, a number of new inquiries coming on from clubs that um, have either been referred by an existing client or have seen one of our emails that our monthly emails that go out to try and help clubs understand what they need. So yeah, already I, started picking up. Sorry, go on. I was going to say um, we. I've written an article with your help uh, on how to kind of uh, essentially how to choose your cricket club insurance and some of the issues that come up for clubs. Um, two issues or two elements I, th- I thought would be interesting to quickly talk around uh, here on the podcast. One is price and one is, um, I suppose, under insurance. So it makes sense if you're buying, I don't know, a pair of socks <laughs> and you have a budget uh, and there may be different elements of quality in there and style and stuff, but essentially it is what it is. It's a lot more complicated with a cricket club in terms of um, what they do, how they do it, and therefore the insurance that they need. In your experience, do you think um, clubs come to you 
and are a bit sort of blinkered around price because it strikes me that obviously price is important but if you're not covered properly um, then down the line um, you might save a, a, you know a few quid for a couple of years but when you really need I mean here in Yorkshire you know massive problems with flooding um, yeah. uh, and various other things frankly I, you know I've covered unfortunately all sorts of incidents from um, clubhouses being burned down to all sorts of things and it does happen um, and then that's not to frighten the clubs or to overstress things it's just unfortunately a fact of life so you do need that cover so do you find clubs are um, kind of yeah I suppose super focused on what's the lowest you can offer me and, and perhaps a bit less on um, these are all things that you need to at least think about because 
we use Hiscox and their claim services are absolutely superb. Um, well, they've even paid claims before we knew about them. Uh, <laughs> clubs, club wow. had an incident on, on the Saturday, reported it to the Hiscox claims line, and we're walking into the office on Monday morning, seeing an email that says insurers have already raised the payment, um, which is unbelievable, you know, in, in, in this industry. Um, but, but we make sure, we, we know that when we, we present a policy to clients, there shouldn't be an issue about underinsurance. Yeah. There shouldn't be an issue about the limits of liability they buy. There shouldn't be an issue about cover, restrictions, exclusions, because we go through it. And yeah. we make sure there's nothing hidden. They can be confident that if they have a escape of water claim during close season, it will be paid. They, they can be confident that if they have an attempted theft during the close season, the claim will be paid. And yeah. that, that, that is different to clubs' general experience who, you know, it, it seems that, that our competitors will simply take whatever sums insured the club requests and provide a quote on that basis without without giving them any real advice about what they should be insuring. Um, yeah, okay. It, 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 it's, it's hard for... I mean, clubs are run by volunteers. They're busy volunteers. They come from a variety of backgrounds. If they haven't been directly involved with either the building industry or the insurance industry, it's going to be really difficult for them to arrive at the right sum insured without some input. Now, whether that is input from you know, a friendly surveyor or whether it's an input from a trusted advisor like their insurance broker, it doesn't really matter. So long as they get some input, then they can move to the right level of cover and the right, make the right decision. Yeah, no, without definitely. That, without, that, without that input, they're, they're going to be slightly blind. And you know, we've seen examples of, of clubs with, where they've come to us for the first time when we've looked at sums insured and said, you know, you're only insured to about 40% of reinstatement costs. I think so, that, yeah, I think that's the thing. You you know, it's a lot more complicated than just um, that first figure. Because, as you say, you know, uh, mowers and equipment and everything else, if, if you lose those uh, and you're looking to replace them, then you don't want 40% of that cost because, <laughs> because ultimately the extra 60%, you know, is something you, your club has to stump up. And the fact that you maybe saved some money on uh, a policy for a couple of years is, is suddenly irrelevant. Um, and I know it's annoying for clubs, it's just another cost. And, you know, there's so many things to think about, even beyond, obviously, insurance. Um, but it's a fact of life, I suppose, that um, both of our experiences have shown that so many clubs have something go wrong, um, and that's not to wish anything on anyone. But you know, you might be lucky and, and go through many years with no stresses or hassle, and that's fantastic. But um, it's about peace of mind, isn't it, uh, and getting it right? Well, I think if you if you get it right, then, uh, yeah, you get the peace of mind because you can be certain that if a claim occurs, then it, it will be paid. Yeah. So, you, you know, it saves you time and effort. Most clubs can afford an extra couple of hundred pounds premium, but probably can't afford a, a £25,000 uh, gap in, in 
between reinstatement costs and what they've collected from their insurers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> even if we put aside for one moment the onus that is, is put on um, clubs by the Insurance Act of 2015 to make a fair presentation of their risk, even if we set that aside for the moment, it's still important to the clubs to have the money, the funds, to actually carry out whatever projects they need to carry out, including um, rebuilding a clubhouse or reinstating their contents. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just before I came on this call, I was talking to um, one of our clients whose renewal is due shortly, and he said to me he'd only just remembered that last year they'd extended their clubhouse and doubled the floor space. <laughs> yeah. Well, just remember, you know, there was no, didn't, didn't bother to tell us when it happened, didn't even tell us it was going on. Um, and, and so you said, right, okay, well, you need to put up with some insured. And then we, we had a conversation where um, we were trying to determine the right sum insured for the, the rebuilding part of it. Um, and it had gone from roughly 50 square metres up to 100 square metres. And because it was uh, a timber building, then the reinstatement cost was going to be somewhere near 100,000 rather than the 50,000 that had been on the schedule. And yeah, I think yeah, I think that's the thing. You you kind of every year, rather than just kind of renewal, get that out of the way and, and not think about it. Um, it's just a job to do, but it's so so important, isn't it? Just to review what has changed at your club, frankly. You know, um, and, and you know, some people don't change much year to year. But uh, I work with um, other sort of clients that um, do things like nets and um, you know all sorts of outdoor facilities that, and I see see them springing up all the time, and and they're all things to consider in the overall picture. Well, the, the other thing we find is that clubs do not understand the, the basis of cover. You know, if you're for your, for your contents in, in the, the buildings, plus machinery, the basis of cover is reinstatement. Yeah. Now, in slightly lazy language, that's new for old, okay. um, including VAT. Yes. So clubs will ensure what they think it's going to cost them to replace that item with something similar. Right. Now, if you've got a take an extreme example if you've got a 25 year old roller that was is past its best but still serviceable yeah and it's involved in a fire and damage beyond repair you're not going to find a 25 year old roller to replace it with no nope. insurers <clears throat> because of the reinstatement cover they will let you replace it with a newer machine now if, if you've if you've written down the value on that roller to £500 because you've had it for 25 years, that isn't going to cover the cost of a new machine. I mean, a, a brand new roller now is 10000 plus that. Okay. So if you don't value your equipment on the basis of the likely cost of replacing it in the event of a claim, then you're going to be underinsured. Yeah. And if you're not registered for VAT, you should include that as part of your consideration. Okay. Um, what we recommend to clubs is that 
you actually put together an asset register. Right. So you list everything that you own um, and you put a replacement cost against it based on you know information that's available on the internet. Yeah. So so if you know you can value all the replacement cost in machinery as a like for like, but also probably if it's more than five or six years old, you're only gonna be able to replace it with like a two or three year old machine. Yeah. Um, and then once you've got this asset registered established, you then update it on an, an annual basis. Now, <clears throat> that, that guarantees that the sums insured that you have for your, your uh, property assets are going to give, uh, are going to um, give you sufficient funds to, to replace any items that are lost or damaged. Yeah, sure. If, if you don't do it on that basis, um, then it, it tends to be a little bit hit or miss because yeah, um, depending on the age of your machinery, um, you know, you, you may you just may not have sufficient some insured to adequately replace it and the last thing any of us want and that includes us as, as the insurance brokers for the club is to suddenly find at point of claim that the club is underinsured and therefore they get hit with average and rather than getting the £30,000 they need to actually replace the items they only get 15000 Yeah. because that creates a bad feeling it also means that we start to feel that we, we, we could have done a better job, um, and, and then you're having a different. And then the club have got the the problem of holding events, seeking donations, getting grants to actually um, you know, be fully operational again. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So that's why we, we try and have that conversation at the very start of our relationship to get sums insured right and then every year we offer index linking to keep them right okay um what i think also one of the things that comes as a shock to, to clubs is that inflation in the building industry has run way ahead of inflation in the general economy right um whereas up until the last six months the general economy was one one and a half two percent um, the building industry has been running at eight to ten percent inflation for the last six years. Jeez. Okay. These, yeah. These are figures that are actually shown um, on one of the government websites. I think it's the Department of Work and Pensions. Yeah. Where they, or Department of Industry, they 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 look at how the cost factors are going. So, if you haven't increased your buildings, some insured particularly, by somewhere between six and eight percent for the last 10 years, then you're going to be massively underinsured. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, this is the conversation we try to have at the, the very beginning. You know, we, we try and get clubs to let us have details of the, the size of their buildings in, in square metres so that we can give them a rough idea yeah. of what sort of value they should be looking at. I mean, if you've got a standard construction you know, I brick or, or stone building, then at the moment, it, it, the reinstatement the re cost, the rebuilding cost, would be somewhere between 1800 and £2,000 a square metre. Yeah. 
and if you've got a, a, a timber construction, then it's around a thousand. I mean, these are easy calculations, and they are only a rough guide. And you know, if you want to get it completely correct, then you need to speak to a surveyor. But but those are the sort of figures you need to use, and we see you know clubs that come to us with much lower figures, and then when you start talking through you know rebuilding costs, they're shocked at how much. Yeah, costs have gone up. It's just a fact of life. Yeah. You know, with Brexit, you know, lack of labour, increasing cost of materials, increasing cost of you know utilities, the, the cost rebuilding costs. If you can find a, a contractor, yeah. um, are, are obviously going to be a lot more expensive than maybe you would think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair that, so, and again, that's that's something that we try and bring to the table in the initial discussions so that yeah, we start on the right basis. As we said earlier, clubs have a peace of mind. And then when it gets to a claim, there's no difficult conversations or shocks because we've had the conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's a kind of transparency thing. Um, well, let's kind of move the conversation on to, uh, I mentioned right at the start around a prize draw, and that's linked to a new... Yeah kind of quote system that you've got at Aston Lark for this year. So could you give us the, uh, well, the sell in terms of what cricket clubs can do to enter a prize draw? Um, because I believe it's £1,000 and then there's other prizes available. So from, yeah, from my point of view, it makes a lot of sense just to um, get a quote and see what's possible for your club through Aston Lark. But also obviously then you're, uh, in the prize draw, is that right? Yeah, I mean, we decided three years ago that we wanted to demonstrate our commitment to um, recreational cricket. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm embedded in sport, um, and virtually my entire life is wrapped up with cricket in one form or another. Um, and, and as a company, we feel that we have a, a, a duty, a social conscience, and a duty you know, to wider society. And it, and it was just an idea that came up that, you know, why don't we put up a prize of, of £1,000 in the first year um, and, and award it to one of the clubs that are either an existing client or someone who actually came to us um, during the first four months of the year and, and obviously obtained a quote for their insurances. Okay. We're... We were confident that if they came to us to get a quote, we would be able to improve what they had before. But, you know, there was also that, that element of giving something back to the industry and created a bit of excitement around um, funding, um, particularly, you know, in a year when sort of COVID first hit as well and clubs were concerned about revenues and how it affects them. So we, we felt it was... It was not only it was the right thing to do, but also it was a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, in, in the first, so in the first year, we had I don't know somewhere around three hundred clubs who were entered. Right. Um, and Campbell in, in Cornwall um, won the prize, and they were overjoyed. They were putting the money towards upgrading the the junior coaching kit. Um, we got a lovely little quote from them, and a lovely picture showing them and one of the juniors saying thank you Aston Lark you know that was, yeah. that was brilliant um, last year being the second year we then extended it we, we created a, a bigger prize pot 
So that not only were we awarded a main prize of thousand pounds, but two smaller prizes of three hundred and two hundred. Okay. So that more clubs could get some benefit from it. Yeah. Um, last year, uh, I believe that um, Lecklade Cricket Club and the Cotswolds won, and then the two minor prizes went to Cheam, which is a Surrey-based Surrey club, and yeah. Risley. Um, so. Yeah, you know, we, we spread the love a little further. Yeah, good. It, it, I mean, it's really easy to enter the draw. So all you have to do is obtain a quote from us for your insurances. Okay. There's no obligation to buy, but we're we're confident that we're going to give you something that is going to be useful to you as a comparison to the quote you're going to get from your expiring insurance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. So in previous years, we've we've just said send in your schedule and details of your claims record, but we'll get the rest of the information we need from play cricket. Um, and then we'll, we'll give you a quote. But, but we, we did notice that during lockdown, sort of people's buying habits changed and um, people of all ages became more comfortable with buying online. Yeah. So, so this year, we've actually set up an online quote and buy system. So you don't even have to send in your schedule to us. You basically put your details in our quote and buy system. And at the end of the process, um, sort of 15, 20 minutes, it, it kicks out a quote and it creates all the documentation for you. Ah, good. Yeah, you, good. You can, then, you, you can then decide there and then to buy it or you can sit on it for 30 days until you've got perhaps your renewal quote from your current insurers and then come back and buy or if it goes over the 30 days, you can you know, ask us to extend the period and then buy. Um, and then you get all your documentation, you pay online. You don't have to talk to us. You know, if, if you want to talk to us, we're happy to talk to you. But clearly, you know, we're all busy people. And the time when volunteers are able to look at these things tends to be times when our office is shut. Yeah, of course. So, you know, it, it gives them the flexibility to look at it in the evening or at weekends or, you know, if they're sitting in their armchair wearing their teddy bear onesie. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> There's an image, as Colin. As, as far as, as we're concerned, mm. you know, this is just um, improving the customer journey. They were getting a pretty good one from us, but this is a, an extra thing that fits in with people's buying habits and, and available time. Yeah. Um, it's taken us about... I suppose four months to develop. Yeah. Uh, it went live just before Christmas, and we've already had um, a couple of inquiries come through it, which is good. Um, so yeah, so it's there. You know, you can you can do two things at once. So you go and get a quote, and you're automatically included in the prize draw. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose with my not cynical hat, but uh, I was looking at what the competition might be for a club, and you know, even if it was. 500 or even a thousand clubs entered um that's pretty pretty damn good odds to get one of three cash prizes that um you know make a difference to any club whatever size you are so um there's that and obviously um the flip the other sort of added bonus is that as you say you know we're all working so often you know club volunteers get to the evening they've got a couple of hours of admin after dinner or whatever and they're 
um, this might be something to look at and they can do that now online and I suppose a lot of people will be I certainly have done it um, done things like electricity and all sorts of other kind of price comparison stuff online so um, this is just an extension of that and I guess makes it a lot more convenient well as far as we're aware we are the only um, insurance broker who's provided a, a, a quote engine where you can get your property covers property asset, uh, your assets covered um, okay. some that have got just the liability um, <clears throat> the other point of difference is that at each stage we've included help techs to try and distill some of our knowledge yeah. and help guide clubs so that they're not just left picking a figure out of the air or what was done last year or what the last chair, the last chairman or treasurer did in 1985. Um, they're actually getting a bit of a pointer from us at each stage as to the adequacy of sums insured. Okay. Um, and obviously, if, if they if they get stuck at any point, um, they can just you know hit a button and, and it generates an email to us and then we'll pick it up. Obviously, the next day when we're back in the office. Yeah. Uh, so you're not you're not losing our expertise and advice. You're you're just gaining a facility that could speed up the process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and we and we hope yeah we hope clubs find it useful. And that point is to, as you say, trying to make the most of the time available to those busy volunteers and to make the journey nice and easy. We feel. That we've got a good product at a good price, and I think you know there's, there's any number of clubs <coughs> who would agree with it. Yeah. Um, so therefore, if we make it easy for clubs to access it in their downtime, then surely that is going to be an added benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you're listening to this, or maybe you're involved in cricket, or you know a cricket club, you think they'd be obviously interested in getting a quote and entering the prize draw. Um, then obviously let them know. Um, there's details on cricketyorkshire.com um, of the prize draw and everything, the links through and everything else. Um, and Colin, if people do want some advice from you or just want to chat, um, what's the best way to get in touch? Email, presumably. Well, it, depending on when they want to have the chat. Yeah, um, of course. If, if, if the initial contact is by email, we always respond within... Um, a couple of hours of coming into the office. So my, okay. my first job always is to review you know, emails that were sent um, after the office closed, say before, or to look at the inquiry forms that have come in through our website, and now obviously looking at anything that's referred through from the quote and buy system. Yeah. And, then, and then I'll get back to them as soon as I can, which is normally within a couple of hours the morning after. Okay. Um, you know, if it's easier to do it by email, then we we'll do it that way. If they want to talk to me on the phone, then I'm happy to pick up the phone and have a chat, see how we we can resolve whatever issue they've got. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I, again, I think I think that's it. We've got a high level of customer service here. I know everybody says it, but we actually do have. You know, we've got we've got three people as part of our team on the the front end, the underwriting part of it, who love the game and are involved in the game in various ways and then we've got the rest of Aston Lark backing us up which is um, now about 2,000 people and 
we we are at the point where when the, the merger with Howden's is completed, we will be the largest UK insurance broker who is not American owned. Okay. So so there's there's lots of added benefits. We can for larger clubs we can introduce them to other parts of the group, including our employee benefits team. Uh, right. We can, we can put together uh, private client um, schemes for their members to cover, you know, their houses and cars and that sort of stuff. So there's, there's, there's quite a lot of added benefits to what you see from us with, with the initial quote for the club. Yeah. Um, and we, we've, we've got, I don't know, we're, we're, over, we're over 400 cricket clubs now, probably around 450 that we look after across the country. Um, as a group, we've probably got the best part of 1,500 sports clubs of various yeah. sizes. Yeah. Um, you know, we, um, and again, that's nationwide. We also um, have a very active office in Scotland that obviously are speaking in their own accent to local people. Um, yeah. yeah. We've got, <clears throat> we've got our, our new office in, in Bingley in your part of the world. Yeah, very so, close to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, we're, we're we're a big group, and obviously, what we what we do is employ specialists who are embedded within that particular sector, and then give them all the resources and support to be a success. So, you know, and the only way you're a success is if you are engaging with your target market and with that sector, and providing benefits. To, in our case, the individual clubs, and you know, there's, there's benefits. Well, we, we think there are quite a lot of benefits. You know, we've got the widest cover, we've got competitive terms, we've got a quote and buy system. We've obviously got my experience both as a club official, a coach, and then obviously my long, long career in the industry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's brilliant. It is, uh, which is why I wanted to work with you myself through Cricket Yorkshire, and also. Um, I suppose just talk about cricket insurance, which um, I appreciate is not necessarily the most thrilling thing, but everyone needs it at a cricket club, and it's best to get it right, and it's best to get experience and, and sort of insight from people who know club cricket, like yourself. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a no-brainer. And uh, if you want to contact Colin, I uh, hope he's all right me to share his email. Um, yeah, um, colin.mico, so M-I-C-O, at astonlark.com. Uh, obviously, you can get in touch with me at Cricket Yorkshire, John at cricketyorkshire.com. Uh, if you've got any questions around insurance, um, I can pass those on to Colin. No problem at all there. Um, and, yeah, thanks a lot, Colin, for chatting about insurance. Um, and, obviously, I'll promote this to everyone on Cricket Yorkshire. So, I imagine many of you do, but... Um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook at Cricket Yorks with a Y O R K S, or there's a Cricket Yorkshire Facebook page. So, um, yeah, we'll promote um, obviously the prize draw, the quote and buy system, uh, and uh, everything on here. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Colin, for having a chat. Um, hopefully, it's a bit warmer where you are than it's literally snowing at the moment, which is nice. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to warmer days and obviously the prospect of cricket outdoors. Well, yes, 
and um, we look forward to helping them with their insurance needs. Thank <music> you.